Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This episode, coups and coup attempts. Mm-hmm. Yes. This has been a... I was I was kind of nervous about this episode because I'm like, it's kind of newsy. Yeah. Right? It's not necessarily evergreen content. But it, it's just, it just so happens that coups are in the news for the past something like 3,000 years. Um, so, so there's not so, such a news element to it. People are always yeah. interested in them. There is like, uh, for listeners that are interested, a very long list of his- historical coups, uh, on Wikipedia. Like they have them, every coup that's ever happened. Well, that's probably not true, but a lot of coups. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm interested in how far along a coup attempt has to get for it to count as a failed coup attempt, because <laughs> I feel like there's just almost constantly a failed coup attempt going on yeah Um, they're just it's just that they're so unsuccessful that nobody cares about them yeah there was like a i was reading like in sort of prepping for this like a news article that was like well there were i can't remember them specifically because they were not useful coup attempts but they're like yeah like two americans tried to overthrow um a country i think in western africa uh, in a coup yeah, attempt I saw and <laughs> it's just like oh i didn't even know that happened and you're like yeah because it was two guys it wasn't a successful coup attempt yeah i found this website oef research one earth future research and they have this they have the coup cast mm-hmm. which is hosted on that site um which forecasts the coup risk in certain countries hmm. um the current coup risk in canada uh, for January 2021 is 0.01%, but for the entirety of 2021, Canada's forecasted coup attempt percentage is uh, 0.16%. Oh, we have a little bump. Which, that seems um, that seems kind of high, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that whenever a kind of, like, globally, I imagine it was higher everywhere, but I think whenever there's, like, sort of a situation where... Um, the government is probably going to have to call on the military and, and take over, take on more sweeping powers. The coup risk must True. increase, right? Like, I would just assume. Yeah, I guess we've we have all these like emergency powers going into effect right now. We have like the military and long term care homes. We also have like a minority government. So it seems like there's a lot of we're ripe for a coup here. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's still pretty <laughs> low risk, but more ripe than we've ever we've been in a while. Probably, I would guess, but maybe it would help. Maybe if we if uh, if we defined a coup for our listeners so that they they know why maybe we were more at risk. Right. Yes. Um, so I mean, why don't you go? Why don't you uh, explain what a coup a coup d'état is? Um, it's it's basically t- broadly it is a coordinated effort to overthrow the government and install a replacement. This usually is. It's distinct from sort of like other like we'll get maybe talk a bit more about why it's it's important that it's distinct from rebellions, but it's distinct from rebellions because typically um, this is this is between two bodies that already have power. So it might be uh, another wealthy leader within the country, or it might be the military or another party. Um, but usually, people with already in power, but not perhaps the leaders of the country at the time decide to overthrow the current leader um, is typically what Mm -hmm. happens in a situation of a coup right so it's not like a popular uprising even though there might be popular support for the coup attempt yeah but it's not necessarily the same as like people protesting in the streets and 
taking and like ousting the current government and occupying the seat of power potentially and just deciding something else and then installing their own leader that's not really the same thing. yeah so like sometimes you'll hear about a coup or historically you hear about a coup yeah where people were taking the streets and like it was very clear that the tides were turning on the current uh the current leadership um i guess ukraine could maybe be pointed to as uh, mm-hmm. a country that i they would debate there's a there's significant debate over whether or not ukraine was a coup or a rebellion um it, de- it depends right. on where you fell in that I think specifically with Ukraine, it's kind of important to distinguish between how the international um, environment sees coups versus rebellions. And it's important specifically because like the United States gives um, international aid to countries who are experiencing rebellion, but specifically not to countries that are experiencing coups. Um, And so like, Local leaders even will say it's a coup because they don't want the international um, bodies to uh, perceive it as legitimate, maybe, even though it is more of a rebellion. So there's a lot of framing that goes on around the use of the word coup and how people interpret what that means. So different groups will call the same thing different things, depending on how they want to frame it. Yeah, it's it's really important to like think about this as well as as a political it is a political term it's a um and and we're going to talk about countries that have experienced coups but the ability to harness that this is a coup can really undermine um undermine the uh, a more legitimate perhaps proceeding like a re- legitimate rebellion or or need f- to uh, or a, an attempt by the leadership to seize power um from uh, to see to get more support and seize power behind them there's a lot of situations where the use of the term coup versus rebellion is it, it is about international perception it's about the perception of the people um, in your mm-hmm. own country because like there are some situations where uh, as we said that there is mass public support but other situations uh, in countries where uh, there's suddenly a coup happening and if you you as a citizen might not even know that it is happening like you wake up the next morning and there's been a coup um you know yeah and so and that can be especially in a democratic system that can be seen as pretty illegitimate um mm-hmm. a, a pretty pretty uh subverting of the democratic process so the ability to frame it is an uh, it's its ability to frame a situation for people who are trying to stay in power or 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 seize power is important. And just saying, like the way that you wake up and there's a coup happens, mm-hmm. there's just something so so newsworthy about coups because they just happen seemingly out of nothing, mm-hmm. right? Like you can have all these like coup risk forecasts and everything, but there's just something about like opening up the news and seeing like oh th- there's a coup happening and it, all, it just because it happens all at once or not at all really right? yeah um so there's just something because there's something exciting about coups at yeah. least when you observe them in other countries I think, and it's also because yeah like you said you you can't always know because it is a set the by definition it is typically uh, or by definition it's it, it is um two bodies already have power so you don't know everything that's going there's a lot of backroom deals there's did did somebody lose a lot of money because of this leader and now they're mad about it or Mm. so there's just like things that you don't know about that could happen and cause this instability um and this desire for a coup um and it which is is why it's very newsworthy and why um it 
it feels very undemocratic and content and can really, if you use the term, um, obviously can really turn global sympathy against against the t- attempted yeah. overthrowers. It's a, it's a lot different to call something a domestic terrorist attack mm-hmm. and then to call it a coup attempt, yes. right? Yeah. <laughs> Much more Those serious. are two very different things. Well, yeah. both very serious, but different. <laughs> so you mentioned that like, there can be like a reason of a coup happening is like, okay, there's one guy who there's two really rich guys and one guy's losing money and the other guy's profiting off his position in power potentially. And so the other guy's going to try and overthrow him. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the other kind of things? Cause I mean, that happens all the time. People make and lose money all the time, mm-hmm. but what are some of the environments required for a coup to happen or that like in general, favor coups to happen because i saw there was like a list of like 60 factors that (laughs) that could lead to a coup like this like listicle type thing but it was like a serious listicle i guess yeah Um, so what are some like the major i mean so risk factors for coups happening so there are a lot of the the tricky part i think that comes with defining coups and the reason it can be harnessed is is that there are there are a lot of different types of coups like uh and, and different way, different because we have so many different types of government and so many different scenarios within countries, um, right. it, it happens to a certain degree somewhat differently every time. And probably most of your coups aren't going to fit neatly into any particular category. Um, some uh, particularly, I think a popular one would be a, a rebel coup. So this is like an organized militarized group um, that is actively contesting sort of government forces. Um, that would, um, and then very popular, I think the one you imagine is a military coup. So, uh, a a coup that military leadership, uh, has, has feels or has, uh, wants to take power or feels that the current government is not holding power responsibly and that things need to be reset and takes over. Mm -hmm. And, and it's sort of, that's the most popular one to a certain degree because it's probably globally the most like the one that could really you could really see happening any anywhere because mm-hmm. there is always this military that does have a certain amount of power and if that respect between government and military as, as separate sort of branches of um and 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 military is absurd, subservient to government is not respected then you could see how that balance could, could quickly tip it seems like military coups are also maybe like they're the most they're like the flashiest mm-hmm. and generally not like super long lived because like they're they're really all or nothing. It's like, I know you're going to talk about Turkey later, but like, there's just something about seeing like fighter jets flying around and tanks in the streets all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a lot like, it's a lot easier to understand. It's like the military is a group, the elected government is a group and the military is trying to overthrow them. And you have this idea of what is legitimate and what is not legitimate about that. It's a lot easier to understand and mm-hmm. conceptualize than like these two nuanced political groups that kind of maybe both have a say, but they have these different like historical reasons for being like corrupt and not corrupt that date back 25 years and like trying to understand all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a lot more difficult than being like, that guy's got tanks. That guy doesn't have tanks. Yeah. <laughs> and you can tell who has more power now because yeah. they decided. Yeah, and and that's yeah, as you're saying, when you move outside of militarized coups, you're really you are heading into that what we were talking about earlier, coup as a political term. It's about your perspective. Uh it's similar mm-hmm. to terrorist. Like uh, is that person a terrorist or are they a rebel? It's, you know, it depends on what side of that you are on. Um a lot of the time. 
but yeah, so and then and then sort of another I think the 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 another category you would put is like sort of uh, dissident actions. So this is like a small group of pr- typically sort of powerful different categories. It could be business, it could be uh, politically powerful, militarily powerful uh, group that is that overthrows the government. Uh, and then, uh, and then one that makes it very confusing is that like popular revolts can sometimes be coup situations, uh, especially if they're led by, uh, particularly the powerful portion of the country, I guess. There's also kind of like, there are coups that are kind of like consolidations of power by the people who are already in power, right? Yes. So it's not always somebody overthrowing who's in power. It could be people who are in power overthrowing the people who are potentially trying to overthrow them. I think you're referring to a a self-coup or an (laughs) auto-coup. Sure, I'm I'm potentially referring to both of those things. Um, This is kind of what happened in... uh, uh, kind of like 1948 in Thailand. I don't know. There's about four years that I have to talk about for my Thailand section. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, this is kind of what, going off memory from 2017, this is kind of what happened in Turkey was that Erdogan was like, oh, they're doing a coup against me, but I quashed it. And yes. then he like had more power. Um, but I don't want, no spoilers, even though it happened <laughs> yeah. four years yeah. ago now. <laughs> uh, I think in both the, the situations we're going to look at, we will get, you'll be able to we'll be able to show the listeners the way that coup is kind of a coup and the def the within coup is sort of a murky uh murky pool i guess yeah i mean my my list of coups has three different coups that happen within four years and they're all different kinds (laughs) so um (laughs) sounds like we should really get to it (laughs) i guess yeah we could just jump into that right Mm -hmm. um okay so let's talk about thailand so in Thailand at this time, you had this 1947 coup group. <laughs> um, and so basically there's, I'm not going to get into like the confusing details of this more or less, uh, because really the one that I'm talking about is the 1951 coup, but to understand why we're having a coup in 1951, you got to know that in 1947, there was a coup d'etat that goes on Um where this really powerful national police force leader, uh, General Fow, mm-hmm. and then there's this um, commander of this other military group, um, General Serret. Okay, so they basically, they, they have like a classic coup, more or less, right? They take over, um, and then uh, over the next year, they install the opposition prime minister for like a couple months who was opposition when they took over. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're like, look, see, he's not doing a good job. Um, so then they instate this other guy named Fibbin. Um, and Fibbin is going to be the guy in power f- all the way until like 1958. So he, that so p- installing him as leader really... Um, kind of sets up the political climate for a decade Um, and also a climate of many coups. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So important to note about Thailand is that since um, 1932, there have been, um, I think, 21 total coups or coup attempts. Um, Up until today, there's been 13 successful and nine unsuccessful coup attempts. Again, what's, what's an unsuccessful coup attempt versus not a, not a coup attempt at all varies by, list from from list to list um 
but more or less there's been uh, over 20 coup attempts in the last since 1932 they got busy um ab- about yeah about one every four years but there's more than one for every four years and then late 1940s or the early 1950s um so basically you got these three guys this triumvirate which they which they're called um and they're in power for a while up until uh 1951 and an important thing to know (laughs) another important thing to know about thailand is that they have this monarchy that is actually pretty active right um Mm -hmm. so in thailand even until today it's like illegal to criticize the monarchy and so um, over the last like decade, there's been several coup attempts and um, successful coups in Thailand, specifically where you have this People's Party and then you have the um, party that supports the monarchy. And since like 2008, there's been two coups where the person leading the People's Party, the um, the party for the king is like, you're doing a bad job. You're insulting the king. They get rid of them. And then they're in power. And then the next time there's a real election with overwhelming support, the People's Party gets gets into power again and then they get cooed again. <laughs> um, so this is kind of like a historical thing that keeps happening is the shift in power between the, uh, the uh, monarchic kind of side and the elected side. Um, and this is ever since uh, basically like the Civil War in 1932. Um, so anyway... At this point, Fibon is the uh, prime minister, mm-hmm. but he is kind of illegitimate because he was uh, instated by this coup uh, by these people who did a coup in 1947. So the important thing is that that 1947 coup led to a new constitution kind of inadvertently because there was so much political turmoil and everything. A new constitution was drafted. Okay. And this new constitution um, gave the people a lot more power and also the monarchy a lot more power. It just ended up, like, after years of drafting constitutions, as you know how long it takes, Mm -hmm. um, it ended up being that it was not so favorable to the military anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then, in uh, June of 1951, this is the second of three coups that I'm going to talk about, um, Fibon is on a large ship okay the u the uh u.s manhattan right um which is a boat that thailand is buying from the usa Mm -hmm. because there's always a u.s connection to every coup that happens in the world (laughs) it would seem um so he's on this boat right and then the navy decides that they're gonna coup fibbin who was already in put put in place by a coup Mm -hmm. um so the navy arrests him and takes them on to um, basically Thailand's most powerful warship. Mm-hmm. The Navy arrests him from the U.S. dredge and puts them on their ship, which then leads to a day of fighting between the Navy, who are attempting a coup, and the rest of the military, so the Army and the Air Force, <laughs> fighting back against this coup because the military is trying to almost coup themselves. <laughs> um, so the, so basically this leads to the sinking of the most powerful warship in the Thai Navy um, that Fibon was on at the time. So the prime minister is on the boat oh. or on the ship. It gets sunk from land, which then leads to Fibon, the prime minister of 
Thailand having to swim to shore <laughs> after the warship gets sunk. Um, so then, right, he gets to shore. Obviously, he's pretty mad. Mm-hmm. Um, and at this point, the king was in Switzerland and, this, and the, the king comes back. The king's like, this is ridiculous. I'm going to be back in Thailand and I'm going to wield my power. Um, which then upsets Fibin and his group even more. Um, now that like the king's coming back, he's already been coup attempted. He had to swim like a great distance from a sunk <laughs> warship. Um, and then later in 1951, in November of 1951, um, Fibin decides that this is enough. So we've already had we've already had the military overthrowing the people in 1947, right? Then we have in 1951 June the military trying to coup the military, and now we have a coup where the military is consolidating power so if you remember that new constitution that was put in place basically what they do in 1951 was called the silent coup um basically the uh government that's in place which is the um, prime minister is still fibbing he gets rid of even um the other two guys that did the coup in 1947 with him foul and serrett he gets rid of them he says they make this radio broadcast which i get is why it's called the silent coup because it was a radio broadcast and they're like we're in power now Notorious the constitution Notoriously <laughs> silent radios the constitution is the 1932 constitution not the 1947 one we're changing the constitution back um which means that the senate is being abolished we're back to a unicameral parliament and notably half of that unicameral parliament is appointed by the government and is then filled with basically all military members Um, so it really consolidates all this power back um, with the military the constitution is put back um, 20 20 years um, and the uh, monarch has less power and the electorate has less power and so the story continues since then 70 years later still many coups happening um, trying to wrestle back between the people, the monarch and kind of the military who sometimes mostly sides with the monarchy kind of, um, but are their own thing even. So three examples of coups, three different types of coups, all involving this guy Fibbin. Um, <laughs> really, there's a whole list. There's a whole list of tycoons that you could go go back and forth with, but um I thought at least this one is the most um, could be a good movie at least. Yeah, I mean, I, or maybe it is. So I haven't heard of it, but maybe it is. Probably. Um, yeah, and it's like interestingly, what didn't occur there, and another type of coup that we won't touch on is that the monarchy can be cooed. You could could coup mm-hmm. coup the king, uh, get rid of him. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so um, so basically, Thailand accounts for a large chunk of the large number of coups that occurred between 1945 and about 2000. Yes. Because <laughs> there were a lot Fibin of coups. Fibbin had also that... previously, yeah, Fibbin had previously also been um, prime minister too. Oh. Um, so there's this, because he was, he was kind of reinstated after, because all these guys that were like Fow and Sarah and all them, mm-hmm. they were all part of the Civil War. They were like big guys in the Civil War mm-hmm. with him back in the 30s. Um, so they were all kind of like buddies. Oh, okay. 
it's just so much to anytime i don't know anytime we talk about coups where or countries where there's coups it's always like 30 years ago there's a civil war and then all the big players in that are still wrestling for power but now there's like quote democracy um and it's just like i don't know there's some real spy drama going on uh, yeah i feel like like coups are perhaps really dem- demonstrative of it but i think like a lot of the times when we're covering these elections particularly in countries where perhaps democracy isn't doing super well it's like where do we start? Because because realistically, you could go back like fifty years or maybe even further, and maybe they got you yeah know, they got screwed over in the Cold War by U.S. and Soviet the U.S. and the Soviet unions uh, interfering. Um, or you know, there's just like it's a it's where do you, where do you start? Because the the roots of a lot of these things are deep. I mean, yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of this also stems from. Uh, in world war one or so in world war two there's a lot of stuff going on in thailand with respect to china Mm -hmm. um and their interactions with basically a lot of what happened with fibon was actually modeled after uh mussolini in italy um so there's a lot of back and forth um between like these global events and then these kind of like hyper localized things like within a country Mm um also thailand was with japan in world war ii which led to all of this kind of strife happening and then obviously the u.s was involved Mm -hmm. with pearl harbor from japan not important anyway (laughs) it's hard to know where to start because like it goes back i mean anytime you try and talk about history it's hard to start at a certain date because there's always context in which it arrives Yes, it, it it all started with the Roman emperors who weren't doing what was called uh, yeah. coups, but were 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 frequently <laughs> killing their leaders uh, for some good and bad reasons. Uh, but no, we don't need yeah. to go that far back. But I guess we should have just both talked about the assassination of Julius Caesar, yeah. and that would have. Been... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and I think so. The the one the, the I'm going to be covering. Or I'm going to look at take a look at Turkey and, and the, the 2016 coup attempt, um, which mm-hmm. it was just sort of categorized as an attempt, I think, rather than a self coup or or a particularly successful coup. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but that again, it's a matter of perspective. But I think uh, similarly, you can you can kind of you go back a ways, and and Turkey uh, is certainly an example of a country that exists um within that cold war you know u.s superpower uh situation the the u.s had a lot of influence there they they've had had partnerships and 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 poor relationships with russia that they exist in a very like prime location to have a lot of international countries and the eu as well uh the eu eu as well uh interested in in how things play out there and willing to in mm-hmm. some ways influence them i think an important thing to note that in coups is like sometimes these coups are funded uh by uh outside interested parties a lot of coups uh, latin america in during yep. the cold war <laughs> period account for a large number of the coups that occurred and a lot of those were funded over the the war for power between that was the cold war which was really a, a hot war in many places uh, uh were funded by the u.s and the, and the soviet union to to overthrow i mean leaders venezuela last year as yeah. well right in south america based on 
<laughs> American funded coup attempts. Anyway, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and we talk about like coups as if like coups are obviously still happening, and and but to a certain degree they still happened. They happened a lot more in in the Cold War era. Uh, but the mm-hmm. right repercussions, and I think we're going to get into, I'm, I, I certainly, uh, with Turkey, I'll get into the repercussions, and I think we'll talk a little at the end, but there are there are lasting impacts of, of a history of coups. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so in, in 2016, um, the leader of, uh, of Turkey, uh, the president uh, Erdogan, he, he'd previously been the, the prime minister, um, he's, he I think he's been in. I think he's been a prime minister since. Uh, oh, he'd been prime minister for like eleven years, and then he was president in twenty fourteen. I think he became president in twenty fourteen. He's currently still president. Uh, so this will tell you something about the outcome, not to spoil it too much. Um, but, <laughs> but he went on vacation um, to southern Turkey, and in that time, uh, a faction of the Turkish armed forces. Um, decided to to reinstate constitutional order, human rights, and freedoms, um, and they called themselves the Peace at Home Council, um, which is is sort of in re- in reference to the uh, the Ataturk uh, Ataturk, who was uh, the original dictator of of like formed what is Turkey today, um, and he was he they actually like he said that. I, somebody said uh, it's something I was reading. He was the original dictator, uh, and to 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 so that uh, Turkey would never need to have another dictator, um, which may tell you something about whether or not you should do use that as a strategy. Um, uh, <laughs> but he came. Ataturk is an important point of reference uh, for why this coup happened. So the fact that they named themselves the Peace at Home Council is in reference to him, because when Ataturk Ataturk introduced secularism, um, a lot of reforms, uh, really westernized the country and pushed them to modernize very quickly throughout his dictatorship. With the idea that um, the idea advancing Turkey, but um, when he died. He gave the power to the military and said that if whenever secularism is threatened, uh, the military should intervene. And so from from his death to about the uh, almost the 2000s, there were a number of frequent upheaval and coups um, and uh, to coups to take out um, leadership that was seen as being too religious or threatening secularism in any way. Ah. Yeah. Yes. Can I just say that in Thailand, I mean, in many coups, but specifically in Thailand as well, this is a super common thing that the military says is they say, we are saving the country. We're coming in and saving the country from these dictators or these um, deeply incompetent um, politicians who are ruining the country. Mm -hmm. um, And we're so they kind of maybe that's true maybe that's not true but often it's like there's some sort of turmoil or strife in a country there might be food shortages there might be economic downturn and often those types of things are seized upon at least in thailand from what i was reading are seized upon um by the military for a potential power grab. Mm-hmm. um and i also want to say for those listening that uh ataturk died in 1938 so his legacy has been super long lasting in Turkey. And I know that um, you're kind of talking about like what happened in the cold war and stuff, Mm -hmm. but like him saying that Mm -hmm. like 80 years ago now um, has set the tone in 
I mean, it's impossible to talk about modern Turkey without talking about Ataturk, no. really, and like everything he's done. But that legacy um, is huge going forward. And it's like these same things like in, I mean, this happened also in Thailand in like 1932. Mm-hmm. And that is still having repercussions now. Um, but yeah, 80 yeah. years Ataturk's influence is still is still rearing its head. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, so that's sort of really getting into why, yeah, why I wanted to talk a little bit before about, about yeah, just how much, where do we decide to start? And I had to go back to Ataturk. You, you're, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's tricky. But, and anyway, so he, the, this coup attempt was calling back to that very explicitly. Um, it was initially, uh, Erdogan, um, being on vacation, he uh, he FaceTimed in. Uh, I I don't know if like this was recent enough that perhaps some of our listeners will remember because it was it was a really big thing. A lot of uh, there were a lot of there are a lot of Westerners in Turkey who got stuck there. I think I knew people who were in Turkey. Or I knew people who knew people who were in Turkey. I guess, but uh, at the time, mm-hmm. and it, it really made a big splash um, across. It made a lot of headlines. Um, Erdogan got on FaceTime and was on the news and he's he basically had at the time been losing support like he he was uh he he came to power and throughout the time his time in power he had as prime minister really stabilized the economy um and and was starting to fix things but at the same time as he stayed in power longer he became more increasingly leaning towards um uh moving Turkey away from uh, being a secular state to being a more religious Islamist state uh, and moving uh, more into authoritarianism tendencies, um, cracking down on journalism, uh, journalists and, 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 and dissent. But, and so he'd been losing power, but in this moment when he was on the news on FaceTime, he was able to rally um uh, the secular Turks who who had not supported him for years and religious Turks and said, you've got to come defend the country because the military is trying to take power. And and it was just a situation where the military had really overstepped. Uh, they, they were, well, obviously a coup attempt is naturally an overstep of the military, but uh, they, <laughs> they bombed, they were bombing their own parliament. Uh, 150 people died. Um, and, and so he was, he, he was able to get uh, Turks to go in the streets and, and support this uh, to try and stop the military from taking power. Um, And, and uh, he was able to blame it, uh, blame the coup attempt on uh, a man called Gulen, who is, uh, he's, he's extra, he's self, uh, self extradited or no, he's not extradited. He's self, um, I uh, exiled exiled himself to the uh, the USA. Um, many uh, I think like in the nineties. Um, but he has ha- he owns a lot of uh, media assets and uh, and in theory, ha- or I think I think he did have a fair bit of influence over the public sector and uh, <clears throat> or public service sector and um, and 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 uh, allies in the military and 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 and, and so uh, Erdogan's eventually said that it was an attempt by Gulenists to overthrow him and Gulen himself. Um, and then on the other side of that, Gulen said, no, this was Erdogan staging a coup on himself. That would be the self-coup um, in order to give an excuse mm-hmm. to increase his power while he was 
presently un, un, unpopular. Um, and uh, it's, I mean, it's hard to say exactly uh, whether it was a self-coup or it was uh, an outside coup uh, uh, by this by Gulen, another powerful um, individual in, uh, with influence in Turkey. Uh, but the result, <laughs> the result was that uh, Erdogan very quickly uh, used this as a time to seize more power. Um, so, like, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, the next day, uh, pretty much, or, or in the in the next few days, they declared a state of emergency. They arrested thousands of people um, and detained them, and they uh, they purged them out of the government and and positions. Uh, and then in twenty uh, and in twenty seventeen. All right, and I think also in the state of emergency, so we won't get into it, but they also really cracked down on Kurds uh, who are sort of a minority, a persecuted minority within uh, Turkey uh, that Erdogan uh, opposes um, and, and are some, sometimes characterized as terrorists. Um, anyway, and, and, and so then in 2017, Erdogan holds a referendum uh, which very narrowly passes about 51.4% to 48.6% uh, to give him complete control of the budget, the military. He can appoint judges without voting uh, on them. He can dissolve parliament whenever he wants, and he can stay in power until 2029. Um, so <laughs> the outcome of uh, uh, and the impact of, of, the, of Turkey's coup, unsuccessful coup attempt, um, is is really I think pretty stark and easy to paint. Uh, is that you know, it it really did consolidate power. <laughs> Maybe this was just at the time. I was under the impression that it was like definitely a um, like a a staged self coup to consolidate power. Um, yeah, I there's, there's no no one will say definitely i don't in at least in the sources i, guess, I yeah. read it's it's tricky right i mean because turkey has a history of coups it is possible that this was just a coup attempt that failed um you know uh and but and and regardless i think the risk you take in a coup attempt is if you fail it does give a lot of support to the the existing leadership right um Right. And I guess if you fail, then you have an interest in saying, hey, this was not my coup attempt. This was a fake coup attempt by the people who are actually in power. So it's like kind of trying to turn your power grab into a power grab. (laughs) So (laughs) it's so hard because everything in a coup is all about how it looks and like where the legitimacy is from. Mm -hmm. So like you can't just take anything anybody says for what it actually is i don't know they're always like confusing to try to understand this it's so nuanced but and so i think like an important like global we can sort of look globally at the impact of this and and turkey is always an interesting position because the u.s likes to use it as a has historically liked to use it as a military base uh for its what they're doing in 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 the region that's sort of called the middle east um and and russia as well is, is sort of concerned about uh, their interests and the EU as well. Like they're where Turkey is positioned. There are a lot of people with a lot of investment in this. And when this happened, um, the decision over whether or not to support Erdogan or 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 not is is tricky. Even though you even you know these countries know that this guy is trying to seize power is is becoming increasingly authoritarian. Um, 
but their willingness to contem- condemn him at that time, particularly uh, ISIS, was a real major challenge at the point. That point, the uh, mm-hmm. the Syrian refugees and what was happening in Syria was a big problem. So Turkey was in such a crucial position uh, to really help support Erdogan holding on to power, regardless of the outcome, of, or regardless of of, of uh, whether or not he staged the coup or it was an outside force. Uh, and that, that was a really a hot moment just to like kind of take you back to what was happening in in 2016 right there's all this other context that all of these countries are inside of all the time but i guess to bridge us uh perhaps because i think we, we we can't not talk about the elephant in the room but i would say that joe biden's election really makes uh in the u.s makes things more complicated for turkey um because turkey's sort of had uh donald trump was uh you know uh, i think his like one of his cabinet guys described trump and erdogan as having a bromance at one point uh yeah like they did for a time there was a time when donald trump was like really getting along with north korea and turkey like really closely yeah <laughs> yeah and and i mean inarguably trump had a fair amount of financial investment in turkey so i think that's probably not a small part of it but you know it's speculation um <clears throat> um but so Erdogan was able to sort of balance that the U.S. wasn't going to do anything um, about uh, the fact that he at the same time was moving closer to Russia, was uh, using us because the Caucasus um, are sort of a shared interest of Russia and Turkey, um, as well as the Syrian, uh, the border with Syria. So Russia was they were increasingly willing to work with Russia um but and the u.s was not going to do anything about that um so er, now erdogan has been i guess from the u.s's perspective misbehaving um doing things that doesn't serve u.s interests and so i think he's gonna have a bit of a trickier time in the next four years uh there seems to be some real willingness in the current uh um american administration to call out that situation which and and as well uh there turkey is experiencing a fair bit of financial troubles uh which may really impact his uh popularity um and so i think you we're still going to see the impacts of that particular coup uh in in the next couple of years uh as as Erdogan has really consolidated power, but he may be he may become increasingly unpopular and he may not have international support as much anymore. Just to like I think it I think Turkey is an interesting country to look at just like on a map mm-hmm. <laughs> to see like how many countries it touches that are that have been in the news a lot in the last, I don't know, ten to fifteen years. Like the idea that it's that it borders Georgia, yep. which Russia invaded only 13 years ago, yep. um, and also borders Syria, uh, and also like the like Kurds at the Turkish border, and mm-hmm. how Trump's interactions with Kurdish fighters that were fighting in the Syrian civil war, mm-hmm. and they were all of that and then meanwhile it's also like historically just been like the gateway to the west with istanbul right like istanbul is a city that is a a western and eastern city in the world and yeah you can i mean istanbul has been in like world like you open a history book for the last couple thousand years and istanbul or any of its other names that it's been known by for the last two thousand years uh it pops up um so 
good country to choose, Kaylee. Yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hard to, hard to encapsulate into our our episode, but or the length of our episodes. But do we want to talk about the bigger the big elephant in the room about what is a coup and what is not a yes. coup? Okay, so Kaylee, mm-hmm. let us discuss this then. What what is a coup? What is not a coup? On January sixth, twenty twenty one, was there a coup attempt in the United States? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think based on what we have said, you could say that there was a coup attempt. Whether or not it was a good coup attempt is up for the your own opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, and was a was a um armed storming of the capitol building necessary mm-hmm. for what was happening during the voting inside was that was that armed component necessary to call it a coup attempt or was having senators and house members specifically vote to disregard an attempt to overturn the gov the election mm-hmm. to maintain power for the at the time sitting president is that enough to be qualified as a coup? Because that's like a powerful group going against a powerful group trying to overturn something. Yeah. What What is that considered? And is a bunch of dudes showing up with zip ties? Does that is that what necessary to put it over the top? <laughs> uh, yeah. So I think so. The thing I I've thought about saying it's a coup attempt is a bit of a bolt. We are taking a stance as a podcast here because not everybody agrees, but I think that all you, you, all you did really need was these, uh, what you, like you said, the first, the first stage of people voting to overthrow legitimate, uh, democracy or trying to find more, find more votes or uh, these sorts of things. It, it, it falls pretty close to the idea of a self coup. Um, and there seems to have been a, a fair bit of, uh suggestion that the the Trump administration were were looking into ways to to effectively uh commit a, a self coup in, in a variety of different a variety of different avenues um and one of the results of that was the storming of the capitol another result is uh some of the senators trying to throw out, uh, trying to overturn the vote um but these are all sorts of ingredients for a coup which makes it a coup attempt whether not necessarily a success like it's not a whether the coup ever really really got off the ground and started happening is is up for more debate but i I think that you Mm -hmm. can say they had a coup attempt that's the thing is that it's hard to qualify because like it doesn't seem like it ever had a possibility of actually working yeah and so i feel like that's an important defining difference between just nothing happening mm-hmm. and an unsuccessful coup attempt is like like i could go out and say <laughs> like the government's illegitimate they're hurting the country i'm taking it over yeah um and i don't think anybody would consider that a coup attempt because there's no potential chance of that working also i don't have power so i don't meet any of the criteria that we're talking about mm-hmm. um i guess no matter what at some point if literally the president says it yeah then that's enough, right? Because yeah. then it is potent. There is potential there because I mean, the president is the commander in chief. So at any time, could issue unlawful orders. And I mean, uh, we don't have to get into like whether when the go- when the military decides to not follow. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Not to talk about that. <laughs> and I think it's it's like just because like 
I mean, I when you when they stormed the Capitol, they got into the building, and just because it worked that they were able to get the leadership out of there, I don't think means that it wasn't necessarily an attempt at at a, at a, a coup. Like the the vice president of the yeah. United States was there. Um, yeah, I mean, there's also like the now coming out FBI intelligence that there was people inside providing intelligence to those storming and everything and whether or not the Capitol Police were actually potentially involved or just some people, some of them sympathized with the protesters or what, it's difficult (laughs) But I I mean it's still unfolding, right? We'll know more in a year and that will be better information but and it's the really, president saying it makes it a coup yeah it's a really good top of mind example for us to sort of talk about here to really demonstrate what we we're saying we've been saying throughout which is coup is a really politicized term it really depends on how you're deploying it um the definition exists but it's quite malleable definitely a riot it was definitely a domestic terrorist attack mm-hmm. there was definitely cooey elements to it um it, it you know it's a lot of things uh, and I, I, I mean, that goes back to all of these things that we're talking about. Um, it's easy to like put it, yeah, like encapsulate it in fifteen minutes and say like these guys did this and it was bad. Um, but there are times when there are dictators that are overthrown by the military, and then it hopefully eventually transitions into a peaceful thing, right? Um, and there are there are times when that has actually worked for the better, um, but. We don't have time to get into that. We're over, Kaylee. Yeah, we're way over. All right. Um, I'm I'm cooing this right now, and oh. it's done. You, I'm the leader now. Are you self cooing this? <laughs> Who do? <laughs> uh, I mean, we normally share power here, but I'm coming in and saying we're done. Listen, thank you everybody for listening to Probably Politics. If you have anything to say about what a coup is or not, send us an email, probabilitypolitics at gmail.com, or tweet us at probpolitics on Twitter, uh, and we'll get back to you. Or follow us on Instagram at probpolitics and let us know there how you feel. Maybe we should have like an encrypted <laughs> channel as well so that they can really tell us how they feel. Thank you for listening. Um, this is, a, I guess, a fun way, maybe not so fun way to kick off 2021. Uh, be sure to uh, tell your friends. Uh, about the podcast uh, because we'll love them all as well. Yes. We love you all. all. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.